Hey, what's going on, nerds and birds? You are back at the Gems of History podcast on the SPN Radio Network. I am your host, Jacob Schaff, and joining me, as always, I have Evan Roosh. Oh my god, I went first this time. I always go second. Yeah, because we got a special guest in the studio today. Whoa, 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 whoa. We got our good buddy Austin Kiesen filling in for Mark Steinbrenner, who's out with a little bit of a cold. Howdy there, folks. <laughs> so, Austin, tell us a little about yourself. Tell the fans what you're all about. Well, I'm going to talk in my normal voice. So yeah, I'm going to, okay too, because it's kind of annoying to do that, honestly. <laughs> well, I've been pretty much lifelong friends with Jacob and Evan. Um, known them since I was four or five. And... uh really interested to be on the podcast. Thanks a lot, guys. Yeah, some of my first Cheers. memories with Kizan are actually... So his mom babysat us back before preschool. So way, way back. In, in some the of my way, first, way back machine. <laughs> yep. Some of my first memories are literally just eating bologna sandwiches at his mom's house. That's the best. I think it's like the only time I've really had bologna in my life. Kind of miss it. Not going to lie. Come on back. We still got it. Yeah. That and just <laughs> mountains and mountains of caramel popcorn. Always the caramel popcorn. Oh. You have to. But yeah, so Austin recently got home from the Navy as well, so he's f- filling in Mark's shoes perfectly over there. Yeah, they were both in the Navy for six years, and Mark usually, when we record, brings a laptop bag, kind of like a business bag, and Austin brought in dang near the same exact bag, so we're like, this is just perfect. <laughs> we're keeping it original. But yeah, thank you for uh, filling in today. We appreciate you coming on, and I'm sure it's going to be a great old time. Well, thank you, guys. So you get the lucky opportunity of doing this new thing that we're trying, where we're going to start the show by doing a little round of trivia between the three of us. And if you get the question wrong, you have to take a shot as a penalty. So listeners, if you want to play along at home, if you're not doing anything important... Just pause it real quick, pour yourself something to drink, and see if you can get these questions right, too. So, I don't know who wants to go first. Oh, I can start. All right. You are the host for today, so you might as well start us off. Dang right. You get to start listening to me talk uh, a little bit early. So, my question for you two about history, because it's a history podcast, I'm stalling. (laughs) This man was the... Sorry. This man was the presumptive heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, but was assassinated starting World War One. Uh, I'm going to go with um, Arch Ferdin- Archduke Ferdinand the second. I'll take that. It's yeah. Archduke Franz, Franz Ferdinand. Ferdinand. Ding 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 ding. Hey-o. No shot for me. That kind of sucks. That's okay. You can <laughs> still take are... it. It's sitting oh. right there. Like so. these are like actually good shots. I'm kind of kind of upset. All right. How was it? Yeah, it's really good, good stuff. Oh yeah. You know it's a good shot when like the person's face just is anything other than just that sour that, face. Like, like, yeah. The... <laughs> like the pucker face. Yeah. Eyes yeah, yeah. closed and you know it's golden. Oh yeah. All right, so I'll go next. Mine is a multiple choice. So I have there's three acronyms for the answers. So I'm going to read you the acronyms first. And if you think you know it by just that, you can guess then. Otherwise, I'll give you what they actually stand for. 
So the Navy recently said that they'd like to kind of phase out the UFO moniker and replace it with something else. So I have four that are here, and I want you guys to guess which one you think it is. So we have UAC, UAP, still UFO, if you think that they didn't want to change it, or UAV. Let's see. Uh, D is something called duty, so I'm guessing True. that's not that. Or UFV, sorry. I said UAV. Oh, you said UAV. Yeah. UAV inbound. <laughs> I wrote it wrong, so there's still a line for an A, but it's UFV. Okay. Mm. Let's see. I will go with... And I'm. you're going to guess on just the acronyms? Otherwise, I can read you what they stand for. Oh, yeah. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know if you guys were confident enough to just guess that. No, not that confident. No. Okay. So UAC stands for Unknown Alien Craft. UAP stands for Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. UFO, Unidentified Flying Object. Or UFV, Unknown Flying Vehicle. I'm going to go with B, as in with, boy. I'm going to go with C, as in cat. So they, you don't think they changed it? No. Evan, you are right. It Let's is, go! It is Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. That is the new moniker that they're trying to use instead of UFO. Sometimes change just isn't good. Yeah. And you know what? That's the Navy. Flag. I don't think they'll ever be able to get rid of UFO. No. But right. it, Yeah, I will forever call them UFOs. Yeah. All right, Austin, take that other shot you got there. And the verdict? Oh, just as good as the first. Oof. And you can check out the shots that we're doing on our social media accounts at the Gems of History on both Twitter and Instagram. There we go. All right, Austin, what's your trivia for us for the day? I got a good one for today. So what was the first sport ever played on the moon? What I, is golf? Yeah, I'm going to go with golf as well. Okay, you guys are correct. <laughs> All right. really stinks. I thought no one would get that. <laughs> it was in 1971. Alan Shepard hit a golf ball with a makeshift six iron. Okay. Missed it the first time. <laughs> oh, <laughs> hit no. it the second time. And then his quote was, and it flew miles and miles away. The longest drive of all time. Of all time. True. I don't know why, but I I just right off the top of my head knew that one right I, away. So well, isn't there like a pretty famous picture of like an astronaut? Probably. Golf? I mean, and also what other sport do they do? Like they're not just hooping it up. <laughs> no, right. <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> dunking on the moon though? Like That'd everyone can That'd dunk. Sweet. But if like you jump too high, you're just gone. <laughs> you just like clip your foot and face plant. <laughs> yeah. And they like, said there right. was another guy, Mitchell. I don't know if that's his first or last name, but he threw a javelin, and I was like. That would have been cool. That's a little risky. Yeah. And that's how we declared war on the aliens. It's true. So Probably too scared to visit us, that's why. Right? <laughs> just some guy named Mitchell with his javelin. <laughs> <laughs> Had a note on it, and it was just like, don't come back. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, I didn't get to take either of my shots. Yeah, neither did I, so I'm just going to take well, one right now. Which one are you doing? I'm doing this little blended frozen one. Okay, well, hey, cheers. Up. Bombs up. Down the hatch. All right. Well, hope you guys learned something at home. But, Evan, you have our main topic for the day, don't you? You bet your butt I do. 
I'm excited because you've been teasing that this is a, you've given sprinkles of a teaser that this is a fun topic. A couple of sprinkles here and there, a couple of sprinkles. Um, if you guys remember listeners last time I had a solo topic, it was about Pickett's Charge. It was very straightforward. I mean, it's a critical point in history, so I didn't want to really mess it up, you know, get any facts wrong, especially because the Civil War is just such an interesting topic. want to make sure that I was correct in pretty much everything. This time around, though, we're getting pretty goofy. We're getting pretty wacky, wild, weird. I'm out of W words. So, without further <clears throat> of a, further ado... Well, before you start, I just wanted to say that I have fact-checked a couple of things that I personally have said on this show, and man, was I way wrong on, like, a lot of stuff. I mean, <laughs> I think we should also put something in our descriptions, like, not historical historians. accuracy <laughs> is not the goal here. Our goal is just kind of, like, chuckle and have a grand old time pretty much yeah austin you excited i am i'm ready to get the ball rolling all right let's hear it you betcha all right so today's topic which is wacky wild and wonko that's not a word is the spear of destiny now have either of you heard a little bit about this i have heard the name and it's probably been mentioned in ancient aliens because that's probably where i've heard this name from (laughs) but (laughs) I mean, in my research, I did not see any aliens oh, talk. I don't know where I would have heard it then, but... <laughs> oh, wait, know. no. This is something to do with the Nazis. Ah, spoilers. But yes, we are going to talk a lot about Nazis. Okay, that's gonna, where I've heard it. We're also going to go on a little bit... I'm going to go on a little bit of a sidetrack of just how freaking weird uh, Hitler and Heinrich Himmler were. Oh, they had just some in weird general. beliefs. I mean, yeah. obviously, it's the whole master race thing. Um, well, plus, all the people around him, yeah. Doctor Mendelin and all his like surgical like yeah. experiments, his I mean, twin experiments is, and stuff. Yeah, it's like, really mind-boggling. Legitimate cycles. We won't get into too much of the super dark stuff because I mean, I want to do an episode on Mengele eventually because I like have heard some of the stuff that he's done and. Anyone who can whistle their way through a concentration camp knowing that they're deciding whether people live or die is kind of fucked up. So It's pretty insane. If, yeah. we, if we do do an episode about that, I think I might just cry the entire time. Yeah. That's so... Ugh. But anyway, today we're talking about the Spear of Destiny. It's also called the Holy Lance, as well as the Spear of Longinus. So a little bit of background. The Spear of Destiny... Kings and it's a relic, a holy relic, but kings and dictators have sought out this legendary spear, and it's supposedly the spear that actually pierced the heart of Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus of Nazareth. There it is. Okay. Now, if you're not familiar with uh, good old JC, as I like to call him, highly recommend his book. He is the main character. Maybe start at the beginning. I mean, it heats up in the middle where he comes in, but highly recommend his book. Cool. Nice. But, Anyway, just gonna sidetrack right away. So when you said Spear of Long Longinus, is yeah. That, so I just thought of Neon Genesis Evangelion right away with that big spear. Hell yeah! <laughs> and I looked it up to see if that was the name of it, but it wasn't. But it it references to the Spear of Long Longinus in that show, so that's kind of mm-hmm. cool. That's an anime, Austin. Ah, for good, good. For those uninformed. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> But anyway, this spear, rumor has it, or legend has it, that's supposed to make the user of it invincible in battle, and that the holder of the spear can actually control the destiny of the world. However, there's one fatal caveat. The holder dies 
as soon as the spear, not as soon, the holder dies soon after the spear leaves their possession. Which is interesting because, you know, how it's called, one of the names is the Spear of Longinus. Longinus is the name, supposed name, of the centurion that pierced Jesus in the side with that spear. And the legend says that he was so tormented for the rest of his life until he gave up the spear, even going as far to say that every single night of his life, after he pierced the heart of Christ, he was mauled by a lion. That's a rough life right there. Every (laughs) single night. Like that's like the, like, the that would get com- old quick. Yeah, that's like the commercial that's on TV right now, where the football player is just chasing the guy through his house until he tackles him. Yep, it's just that, but except it's a lion, but and with it's a lion, <laughs> which is crazy. I mean, doesn't but, sound like a fun life. No, 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 would not like it. But anyway, now when we talk about the previous owners of the spear, they're actually, according to legend. There are 45 different rulers from across the world, of the ancient world. So 45 kings, princes, sultans even. 45 rulers throughout the centuries that have actually wielded this spear, supposedly. Including Constantine the Great, who was the founder of the Eastern Roman Empire, and who ironically first introduced Christianity into the mainstream. Charlemagne, who conquered Italy and Western Europe who also supposedly carried the spear through 47 battles and died immediately after dropping it. Then we have Holy Roman Emperor Otto I, who was the founder of the Holy Roman Empire, who was never defeated in battle, followed by Holy Roman Emperor Frederick I Barbarossa, who drowned... What a name. That... A good one. Who drowned a few moments after attempting to cross a stream... After he dropped the after he dropped the spear, so this that- Holy Roman Emperor on his way to a crusade, hmm. by the way, uh, dropped the spear of destiny while he's crossing a stream. I shouldn't laugh because he died. Sounds like but John regardless. White's ancestor or something. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> he's like, "Ooh, my armor's wet." Then slips. Oh, should have his helmet on. He probably he wasn't didn't. in the navy. Yeah, right? he couldn't swim. He probably would have failed at Oregon Trail, the video game. That's for sure. Oh, crossing streams. Trying to ford that river. That's Get like Dark Souls before Dark Souls. No oh, one could yeah. actually make it to Oregon. Oh, yeah. Which I think was the main point of that game. Just saying like, hey, kids, don't try to run away from home and go to Oregon. <laughs> You're dead. Traveling west sucks, all right? <laughs> yep. Never go to the west coast, apparently. But after Barbarossa, uh, it's also rumored that Alaric, who was the king of the Visigoths. Who? Alaric, the king of the Visigoths, who ransacked Rome. So you remember... There's kind of like a, or Rome was sacked by the Visigoths. I thought you said his name was Eric. I was like, that's an interesting name for yeah, an just, ancient I went, I went from Barbarossa to Eric. <laughs> I was like, wow, you just casually went over that one. Yeah. Well, it was Alaric who was the king of the Visigoths. He ransacked Rome. Then it was followed by multiple sultans. So this is kind of, I'll get to it, but the owners of this spear are... All over the world, all yeah. over the place. And most of them overlap. They lived at the same time. I'm obviously not going to go through all 45 of them. Oh, man. Now, Napoleon actually never got the spear because he couldn't find it. <laughs> it was, it was moved, probably taller than he was. Right, probably. It was moved um, during his invasion. It was moved from where it was held, uh, which was in a museum, I believe, at the time. It was moved to a different city, and he was pretty pissed that it wasn't there. But, Jacob, you mentioned Hitler. Hitler found, 
got possession of the spear. Now when the allies took over the vault that the spear was held, 80 minutes after that happened, after the allies conquered the area, gained access to the vault, 80 minutes after that is when Hitler killed himself. That's kind of on him, though. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's kinda, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, the, it the is, legend. just how, like, fate's going at this point. Yeah. It's, like, soon after. You bet. And oh. the person that took over the quote-unquote ownership of the spear was General Patton. Now, General Patton, if you're not familiar, was assigned the duty of assigning all of the different relics, different objects, different pieces of art to the rightful owners after World War II. And not long after the spear was sent back to the person that owned it, which was the Habsburg Museum in Vienna, Austria, Patton was killed in a freak slow-speed car accident. Yeah. Which is nuts, and thank God this yeah. is just in a museum. Right. Like, whether you believe it or not, like these are just weird coincidences. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the rest of this episode, we're going to talk about the four different spears that we know throughout history. So there are four different spears that claim to be the Spear of Destiny. And we're going to talk about the whereabouts of three of them, more specifically two of them. Uh, one is located in the Vatican in St. Peter's Basilica. One is in Vienna, Austria currently. And there's one in Armenia. And we're not going to spend any more time on one in Armenia because it's just clearly not a weapon. I mean, it's literally just a pole with a diamond on top of it. I don't like looking at pictures of it. I don't think that could pierce anyone's side. Well, <laughs> Unless you tried it enough. Yeah. I, I, guess <laughs> if you were to be I think you could, do it, you could probably do it with a stick if you did it enough times. It'd be a hell of a stick. Yeah. Hmm? But we're going to go through the story of the spears that we know to have existed. Hitler's involvement, because every conspiracy has Nazis in it. And at the end, we're going to go through the story of a secret society. And let me shout out my uh, sources real quick here. My sources were Britannica.com, History.com, as well as a book named The Ten Greatest Conspiracy Theories of All yeah. Time by one Brad Meltzer. I hope you read it with a tinfoil hat on. Oh, most stuff. Just have that pretty much on deck whenever I read it. Oh, night. yeah. And then also want to shout out the YouTube channel uh, Baz Battles. Um, they go very in-depth. Highly suggest that you check out their work. They go very in-depth with animations of actual medieval battles. Um, super cool. Pretty much all I did at work today. Don't tell my boss. This sounds like that old show. Do you remember that show, Deadliest Warrior? Oh, where they would show. simulate oh, the battles so between like the different factions. They that go were... through like, pros and cons and like fighting styles, weapons. Yeah, that, was really neat. that show was like awesome. That. Mm-hmm. I love their episode. I think they did Samurai versus Medieval Knight. Yeah. I forget who won, but I just remember being upset about it. If it was anything other than Samurai, I think I was probably I think it pretty was pissed. Samurai. Good. But yeah. It was a while ago. That show was sweet. I just have a bias because I love Japanese culture. So, Austin, you, like, what kind of history interests you the most? Like, are you into conspiracies and stuff like that? Or is it not something you really dive into? Conspiracies are very interesting. Um,. Just for the fact, I mean, some of them are so bizarre, like, you don't really know if it could be true or not. So it's just that that wonder, I guess. It's the unknowns. Yeah, it really is. Like, oh, this really could be. You know, some of them start to make sense after a while, and you're like, well, maybe it is. Right. And it's just neat. It really feeds the imagination. Um, I personally like history as in, like, wartime, different wars and stuff. Um, even before I joined the Navy, it was 
grandfather was in the army, World War II, and uh, that stuff just really stuck with me. Sure. I think I just kind of love learning about it because it honestly wars hugely shaped the way the world is today. I mean, yeah. absolutely. Obviously, civilizations you know rose and fell you know with wars, so mm-hmm. it really just paints a whole picture. Right. So I think cool. I gravitate towards that more. Yeah, definitely. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but anyway, we're going to dive into our first story about one of the Spears of Destiny. So we're going to go to the Holy Land. Uh, we're going to travel to the First Crusades, nice. which were launched in 1098. But just doing research about this topic as well just led me to just more topics about the Crusades. I'll talk a little bit about it, but the Crusades were just a bonkers time. Yeah, like like especially especially when we talk about religious relics and just kind of the religious fervor and how it literally made sixty thousand Europeans want to wage war against people that just kind of lived at the Holy Land at the time, (laughs) the Seljuk Turks, and uh, I'm I'm sorry, I forget the name of the other empire that was in Egypt. Um, I'm sure it'll pop in my head later, but just basically the Pope was like, wait, there's not a majority of Christians in the Holy Land. We got to fix this. <laughs> Throw some crosses on your shields and get going, guys. <laughs> and also launch like the Knights Templar, who are still rumored to be like the overlords of the of society, especially in Europe. But it's just mocker time. Anyway, I'm done sidetracking. That's how research goes, though. Like you get to different sources, and then you find one little fact. Like I was doing research on the top, one of the topics that I did recently, and. I found like one, it was literally like one sentence in mm-hmm. the article that I was reading. I was like, oh, I got to know more about that. So I looked for like a good 45 minutes trying to find information on this stupid sidetrack that had like nothing to do with the overlying topic, but it's just how it goes. And once you go down the rabbit hole, it's hard to get out. I know. Right? Like it is. That's very true. Once you go down that rabbit hole, especially on YouTube, yeah. regardless of topic, like you're gone. But anyway... We're going to start the <laughs> with a man named Peter Bartholomew. Now, Peter was a peasant from France, specifically Province, France, who traveled to the Holy Land. And on the way there, he was claiming that he was having visions of St. Andrew, that St. Andrew was appearing to him and actually revealed to him the location of the spear that stabbed Christ in the side while he was on the cross. And I don't know, we don't have the details of how this happened, but he somehow got an audience with the leaders of that crusade, which, I mean, we're talking a peasant boy speaking to the leaders of society, and you think there was like a wage or a wage cap or a disparity in wealth now? Imagine back then when like a peasant boy literally just had nothing and it was all just like the prince of um, whatever township or whatever area ruled over that like had literally all the money it was all of his land hey guys i got this information <laughs> there's a cool spear <laughs> guys want to hear about it it's not like the free speech that we have today either you know it's like you got prime royalty oh and no. then someone yeah. who's basically nothing to them it's, mm-hmm. it's go be... away peasant <laughs> <laughs> and if he was let's be honest if he was a woman they probably just burn him a mistake, but like a witch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Definitely. They just somehow bring out a duck. It's like if he raises much of a duck. Witch. It's a witch. Have you seen that movie? Yeah. yeah. Monty Python? 
Well, you have seen it? Okay. Yeah. Well, I'll say we watch that all the time. Well, on the Holy Grail, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, they have like five movies, right? They've yeah. got more yeah. than that, I'm sure. But... Yeah. Mm-hmm. but anyway, so Peter, during the Siege of Antioch, gets an audience with the leaders of the Crusades and tells them that he was having these visions of St. Andrew, telling him exactly where the Spear of Destiny was. And this actually appealed to leaders. From all the research I did, the leaders didn't buy it for a second. But it did really intrigue the troops who at the time had to march from Europe to the city or through to the town of Antioch, had just performed the siege of Antioch, and were currently being besieged by the Seljuk Turks. So they kind of need a morale boost at this yeah. point. Like, Give them a little scavenger hunt to boost the morale. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So Count Raymond of Toulouse, who was one of the main leaders of that first crusade, he was really impressed by this and commanded that his entire regiment, which was approximately a third of the uh, crusaders at the time, who believe had roughly 20,000 men. So a third of that force actually went to St. Peter's Cathedral in Antioch and started digging. So Peter Bartholomew was just like, there's a church with my name on it. Go dig there. Yep. <laughs> Everyone's like, don't tell the rest of the soldiers. Let's go. Let's go. Right? And it you know, it gets so much better. So they go an entire day, this entire regiment of soldiers. They call it a regiment. So a third of the crusaders start digging at this church. They go an entire day. Don't find a single thing. Then Peter Bartholomew jumps in the hole by himself. They say, all the reports say that he starts fervently digging with his hands. Then all of a sudden, he finds a piece of iron, and he proclaims it as the Spear of Destiny, the spear <laughs> that pierced the heart of Jesus Christ. <laughs> now, there are some conflicting reports. Some say it was just a random piece of iron, and some say it was a spear tip. But either way, this is definitely something that this guy just smuggled into his pocket. However, it was such a big morale boost to the Crusaders at the time that they actually broke out of the siege of Antioch. So there were approximately 30,000 Seljuk Turks surrounding Antioch at the time. The Crusaders, who at the time had no horses, which was like one of the huge advantage advantages to them, having heavy armored knights on horseback, you know, charging at uh, Seljuk Turks who really didn't have the same type of armor at all because they focused on just quick tactics, sure. shooting bows. They marched out and... Basically drove off double their number. All because they were so hyped about this spear. <laughs> good job, Peter, I guess. I mean, when you think about it, it <laughs> he, is pretty sick. Good you know, for him. <laughs> Peter Peter is like the modern day hype man. Right? Yeah. He's just like, want to find some treasure, guys? It's like, He's Nicolas Cage. <laughs> oh my god. I'm I just imagine him as like one of the guys in the alleyway with a trench coat on and he just opens up his jacket and he's just got a bunch of random pieces of iron and he just You're right. threw one in a hole and he's just like, this is it. One of them's like, that's a fork. Yeah, It'll do. It's a spear. It's a spear. You don't know what the Romans used. But anyway, continuing on with Peter's story, he actually became the de facto spiritual leader of the Crusaders, except his visions kept on getting crazier and crazier from St. Andrew which led to a lot of dissension and discord among just the Crusaders in general. And the greatest challenge to his credibility about the spear that he definitely found on himself by himself 
in the dirt came when he claimed that God himself commissioned him to weed out the sinful from the ranks of the Crusaders and execute them. And the Crusaders had literally enough of this guy just speaking about his visions from God, from St. Andrew. And he agreed to do a trial to test the validity of the spear. This dude probably just tripping balls this entire time. Like, he found some mushrooms and he was just going ham. Right? Yeah. But anyway, that leads me to the first ever installment of Stubbornness Throughout the Ages. (laughs) Now, Stubbornness Throughout the Ages will be a pop-up trivia contest that I'll give to my co-hosts to highlight the men and women so stubborn they died. Now, I will give you four options, and the correct answer will get a special prize. Ooh. I wasn't even prepared for this so i know i was not either because i forgot <laughs> to get a good prize <laughs> so Great. i'll give you something all right instead so anyway the first example of stubbornness throughout the ages i'm gonna give you four options and you're gonna have to guess which way is the way that he actually passed how he died so who is this that peter bartholomew oh, okay mm-hmm. it is peter right. okay Sorry, I should have clarified a little more. No, no, no. Did not test run this. You're good. So, option A. He ordered trial by combat with three of the quote-unquote sinful crusaders. Option two. He ordered himself to be burned at the stake. Did you just go from A to two? Uh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) Fairly trying to fool us. Option C. He ordered to be pierced in the side by the Spear of Destiny. And letter four, he attempted to cross an uninhabitable stretch of desert with no shoes or water. What was option two? Option two was he ordered himself to be burned at the stake. Hmm. I'm going to go with that one. Option two for Jacob. Austin. Go with option three. Option three, I option think three. He All was right. possessed by the devil. Or some unknown... Variable. It's either burned at the stake or the desert one. It's one of those two, but I'm going with the stake. So the correct answer is option B. Yes. He ordered himself to be burnt at the stake. So he submitted himself to a ordeal by fire. And further on, ordered himself to be tied to a stake and that wood and oil would be brought, placed underneath him, and lit on fire. And this all happened on Good Friday, nonetheless, in, 109, in April 1099. So, so is this going to end up like the scene from Lord of the Rings where the guy just like runs off the top of the tower on fire because he starts himself on fire and tries to kill his son or whatever? Uh, it doesn't get that clever. He literally just kind of died at the stake. Oh, that's not <laughs> fun. That However, so there is one, one singular account that Peter actually withstood the trial and was then mauled by ongo- or onlooking crusaders. Jeez. <laughs> this guy just didn't just... set himself up for a victory here. Oh no. But we are currently unsure of where the spear is, and is most likely just nowhere, because it was the ramblings of what appears to be a wise, or a, not a wise man, the exact opposite, <laughs> of a crazy man. So, so anyway, what, what's Jacob, my prize? your prize is... 
Probably he's grabbing something. He's getting his backpack. A random oh, no. mini bottle of liquor. That I pulled from my liquor cabinet. Oh, it's even taped. I don't and even know what taped. it is. I'm pretty sure it's McGillicuddy's, though, because it's in a rectangular bottle. Yes. Let's see what kind it is. It is menthol. If I can get the tape off. And I threw it on the <laughs> he floor. It. He just shook it up real nice. Should be good to drink now. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be minty fresh now. Yep. Chug it. I like this game. The original idea was supposed to be with Smirnoff Ices, and going forward it will be with Smirnoff Ices. However, I ran out of time. Fair enough. So, we just kind of talked a little bit about just bonkers crusader stories. I'm going to kind of go on a little bit of a, a little bit off course from the Spirit of Destiny. This is actually very common, just people having visions and leading men into battle. It's actually pretty common during the Crusades. Have you guys ever heard of the Children's Crusades? Yep. Mm-hmm. So, for those that don't know that are listening, there was this apparently 12-year-old boy named Stephen who had visions from an angel and then God himself that he was supposed to lead an army of children to the Holy Land to defeat the Seljuk Turks that occupied the area. And so he gathered 30,000 kids. 30,000 kids. What a day for those kids, though. <laughs> Like, oh, yeah. can you imagine just being in school and then someone walks in and just like, we need you for war, come on. Oh, these are peasants. They were not in school. They weren't allowed to have that. Well, just humor me. <laughs> well, yeah. not, not doing my chores, ma. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, these kids, they get on a ship and are essentially almost immediately sold into slavery. Yikes. <laughs> Zoink, Scoob. And then there was another child named Nicholas. He had just 10,000 kids. Mm. He tried to cross the Alps to get to Italy, to get to Rome, to get the Pope's blessing. Most of those kids passed away on the way there. So just a recurring theme. This is just a crazy time for Christianity. Here's the thing, though. Where people are just getting visions and leading people to their demise. Here's the thing. I don't want to be around 10 kids most of the time. I you imagine taking 10,000 kids on a journey up the mountains? Yikes. And, like, these are just peasant kids. They don't have supplies. They don't have anything. <laughs> screw that. A whole bunch of screw that, but... <laughs> anyway, moving on. So, this is one of the two uh, known spears. This is the spear that's held in the Vatican. And the first mention of this spear is actually in 570 AD when a pilgrim who was touring the holy areas of Jerusalem writes of viewing, The crown of thorns with which our Lord was crowned and the lance with which he was struck in the side. I had to do it in that voice because the only Got way that like, I read it. Yeah. You're not the only one that gets to do voices on this hey. podcast. The more the merrier. <laughs> I just look like an idiot when I introduce this in a radio DJ voice. So Thank God we do an audio program and not a visual one. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, during the 600s AD, the point of this specific spear actually breaks off for unknown reason. And the separated tip is sent to Constantinople and eventually enters the possession of Louis the Ninth of France, which is eventually lost in the 1700s during the French Revolution. So we have no idea where this tip of this specific spear is. Now, the body of the spear was also also made its way to Constantinople via Bayezid, oh wow, Bayezid II, who was the Sultan of the Ottoman Empire. Him and his Turks marched on Constantinople, and essentially destroyed it, burned it to the ground. However, Bayezid II sent 4,000 ounces of gold, as well as the spear, 
to Pope Innocent II in exchange for indefinitely holding his brother and pretender to the throne, Prince Jem, as a permanent prisoner. So Pope Innocent II actually captured his brother, Prince Jem, and sent a message saying, hey, do you want your brother back? This is what I need. Just a bunch of gold. And in retaliation, or not retaliation, instead of, like, ransoming for his brother back, he actually sends the Spear the spear of Destiny, which at the time people believed actually had those magical superpowers, as well as 4,000 ounces of gold to keep him in jail. <laughs> and you're not going to even make a joke that he is the real gem of history. That's on me. <laughs> so I saw that right when you said it. But he's his name spelled J E M. It's different. Uh, well, even yeah. though like if you put it like J E M, like Jacob, Effin, and Mark. Yeah. Oh, that's which a tough is one. Uh, which is kind of like yikes. Except now it's Jack. Bunch of idiots. Jacob, Evan, and Keys. <laughs> Keys is a real redeeming quality here. Hey, I'm here, guys. Hey, I'm here. <laughs> But anyway, this, the body of this spear is actually now held in St. Peter's Basilica, and it's only taken out for a few moments on Good Friday, literally just for a few moments. It's very strict orders that they can only take it out for a little bit. And it's also in St. Peter's Basilica with the veil that wiped Christ's face, the piece of the true cross, the actual head of St. Andrew, like, yeah, his head, his, head. his skeleton at this point. Yikes. As well as the Spear of Destiny. So, kind of the point that I want to make with this is that this spear, or one of, one of these spears, like superpowers or not, was having a huge impact on real-world politics at the time. I mean, a man literally kept his brother in prison so that he could be the head of one of the biggest you know, Turkish empires at the time. And Pope Innocent just kind of took it as like, this is a sick spear. If someone sends me 4,000 ounces of gold and a teddy bear, I'm going to be, like, nice. Right, exactly. Well, it's kind of funny to think, because history back then, you know, now we have the internet and books, and, it, you know, it's easier to keep track. You have more records of it. Back then, it's more more or less just folklore. It's hearsay. So oh. to, like, go off of that generation to generation, it's like, oh, Dad said it, you know, way back then. Well, we'll keep it going. <laughs> That's cool. Well, that goes back to the thing I mentioned, like, I think episode two, where if you say something and enough people believe it, then it becomes true, even if it's not. It right. becomes truth in mm -hmm. the fact that there's so many people that buy into it, and it becomes relatively known as truth, right. then what's the difference between it just being a mm -hmm. rumor? Right. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we're going to honestly see that in not-so-far-ago politics as well. Because the second spear that we know of, where it's located, I mentioned before, it's located in Vienna, Austria. And now's the time where we bring in the Nazis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is a spear that is said to have been held by the Germanic heroes that we mentioned before. So Charlemagne, the Holy Roman Emperors, including the one that drowned in a puddle, as well as Charles Martel. Uh, the spear eventually wound up in the possession of the House of the Habsburgs. And in 1912, was part of the treasure collection stored in the Hofburg Museum. Now, at the Hofburg Museum, this is where Hitler first saw the spear as a boy during his art school, and he became immediately obsessed with it. In fact, Dr. Walter Stein, who accompanied Hitler on the visit to the museum and was essentially his teacher, 
remembered, and I quote, When we first stood side by side in front of the Spear of Destiny, it appeared to me that Hitler was in so deep a condition of trance that he was suffering almost complete sense denudation and a total lack of self-consciousness. Well, because at the time, too, Hitler was reading all of these esoteric theory magazines and stuff. There was one called Astara, I think it was called, that he took a lot of his theories from before he became he came into power. So he got a lot of these harebrained ideas from all of these really weird, outlying, like, fringe society ideas. So I'm sure he saw this thing and he's like, this is what they've been talking about the whole time. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and we'll talk about that a little bit later, too. It's almost like justification for his... Almost, I don't know about beliefs, but his exactly, you know, readings and stuff. Yeah, because he uses a lot of that, a lot of those ideas to justify what he did with the Nazi Party, saying that he was ordained by God and he was chosen. So it gets to be very dangerous when people buy into a lot of these stranger ideas. So, mm-hmm. and then later himself talking about his first experience with the spear, he said, and I quote. I stood there quietly gazing upon it for several minutes, quite oblivious to the scene around me. It seemed to carry some hidden inner meaning which evaded me, a meaning which I felt I inwardly knew, yet could not bring to consciousness. I felt as though I myself had held it before, in some earlier century of history, that I myself had once claimed it as my talisman of power and held the destiny of the world in my hands." Now say it like a German would. I, when I was practicing, just kind of going through my notes, I did try a German voice. Like, I tried to do, like, a Hitler. That was my talisman that I needed from the gods! Alright, I'll let you that. I, don't, like, <laughs> I tried to be like, it was not good. Was not <laughs> oh, mine's probably terrible, too, so, I mean, it's all about the effort you put in. I know? just assumed that guy was shouting everything. Oh, like, uh, yeah. even when he was writing, it was like, Everything had exclamation point. Him writing his book while he was in prison, he was probably just like screaming every word that he was writing. So everyone just got sick of him right away. They're like, we don't even have to buy this thing. We know what you're saying already. Yeah, we can hear you. My God, I'm trying to sleep. <laughs> Some people go so far with Hitler's obsession of the spear. Some historians go so far to say that he actually, when he rose to power, the reason why one of the first things he did when he rose to power was to annex Austria as part of Germany in 1938, a full year before he launched World War II, so that he would have the spear in hand to eventually launch World War II to invade Poland and to kind of start the entire world war. Once he had the spear in his possession, he ordered his elite SS troops to seize the relic and moved it to Nuremberg via armored train. So he had his elite troops had an armored train and it was stored in Nuremberg for six years, and then he moved it to the vault that I mentioned before with George George S. Patton. And this vault could withstand literally any Allied bombing. That was known at the time. He definitely didn't know about the uh, good old atom bomb, right? Which I don't think would have, uh, or which I think probably could have penetrated that vault. But it's kind of ironic that he stored it in this private vault, and then, like you said, eighty minutes later, shot himself. And also, it got stored in Nuremberg for six years, which is where we did the trials of a bunch of these SS soldiers. So it's super ironic that it all came back to the same spots. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like World War II. It's just a crazy time, especially with those different coincidences. Just in World War One, even, I mean, 
I believe, wasn't the license plate of Archduke Franz Ferdinand. The car that he was in when he was shot had the exact dates of the ending of World War One. Really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. I didn't, you know, I didn't know that either. You can fact check me on that, but I'm pretty sure I saw that yesterday. That's crazy. Because now that, you know, we're history podcast, history aficionados, all I follow is <laughs> just like different history sources. So I saw that. Well, and it's, Which is nuts. That's so insane. The, the, the story of Archduke Franz Ferdinand getting assassinated is insane. Because it's just some, t- like, kids that decided to do it and their plan failed. But he just ended up in a place where one of them was walking by. He's like, well, I might as well do it while I'm here. Mm-hmm. So the fact that it even happened is so coincidental. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Hitler was just in general absolutely obsessed with these kind of relics and artifacts. That that entire vault that I mentioned was completely filled with them, especially with uh, stolen art as well. That is because, and we kind of talked a little bit about you know what made Hitler think these kind of crazy thoughts with the relics as well as his super race nonsense. He was a supposedly him and Heinrich Heinrich Himmler was the second command leader of the SS was were members of the Thule Society. Yeah, I was hoping you would mention this. Now they were society for people that don't know. They were society dedicated to creating this master race, and actually made their members sign a blood oath, saying that they had no and I quote no Jewish or colored blood in them their wife or in any of their ancestors wow so them being members of this society pretty much formed their entire you know psyche their entire reason why they launched world war ii and committed just the worst crimes and almost human history well the ss officers you if you wanted to be i'm pretty sure if you had to go through your ancestry if you wanted to be an ss officer back to like the 1500s to prove that you were pure-blooded enough to be a commander in the nazi party or in the nazi military so like mangala his wife almost got caught for it because she couldn't prove back far enough so they he ended up having to like maneuver his way through a bunch of things to get his wife to be okay for it so that just shows how serious this stuff was like they took this stuff Mm -hmm. and that's like i said it gets dangerous when the wrong people get this kind of idea in their head it's like no one's safe kind of thing exactly and it's it's scary you said it was what group is it called the thule the thule society does that stand for something or does it mean something in german so it means something in german i'm not it's not like an acronym or what you may be thinking sure um it does stand for something in german i'm not entirely sure what it does stand for uh but another big part of it is almost pretty much believing in the existence of you know old-time heroes those germanic heroes so like charles martel charlemagne even thor they believe that those are real people and that gave them the basis of where their, again, super race nonsense comes from. And I think the Thule Society, I don't know if, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know if Thule, it, it's some sort of, I want to say it's some sort of energy source or something that they believed in okay. that was like a higher energy source that they could tap into to be more powerful or something like that. I don't know if that's exactly what it is, but I know they believe in a lot of that type of really fringe belief. Sure. So I don't know if that's exactly what ties back to the name, but. Mm-hmm. 
And this is also where they get the image of the swastika from, too, from the society. Hmm. But another not fun fact, kind of bonkers fact, about the Stuhl Society as well as Hitler and Heinrich Himmler. So Himmler actually had a copy of the Spear of Destiny made and kept it in his office next to a vial of his own blood. Just the worst paperweights of all time. Do you know that Heinrich Himmler was a chicken farmer before he became leader of the SS? I did not, and that's, again, just why. How did that A chicken farmer was the one that engineered the Holocaust. Jeez. Wow. I got nothing there. Like, that's so weird. I just don't. (laughs) That's kind of crazy. Yeah. But anyway, these two, they tracked down the burial burial places of those great Aryan heroes, those great Germanic heroes I mentioned before, and designated them as breeding cemeteries. (laughs) Yikes. And as you can infer from the name, they believe that babies that were conceived in these cemeteries, specifically on the graves of the heroes, would inherit the attributes of the heroes that were buried there. The Nazi breeding ideals were so disgusting. Like, referring to women as brood mothers and stuff like that, just so that they could It's have, like their one job. Yeah, have yeah. pure-blooded children. It's just disgusting. And it's like, how romantic. Hey, we're headed out to the cemetery. You know what happens there. It's like, oh, God. Can you imagine the picnic lunch that they probably packed like, with them, <laughs> just strolling along? Ugh. Yikes. Yeah, it is crazy, but... Anyway... Now we get to dive into some con- some conspiracies yeah, 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 yeah. here. Here we go. So, towards the end of the war, you know, the Allied forces are closing in on Germany. The Germans started to mount submarine expeditions to Antarctica to ship important objects and important people to establish different bases. And they were essentially just prepping for their own comeback. The German U-boats had been sneaking spies and saboteurs, saboteurs ashore in Maine, Long Island, in North Carolina, in order to get their hands on the Manhattan Projects. So they wanted to get their hands on basically the designs of the atomic bomb, and they were going to take it to their quote-unquote base, their supposed base in Antarctica, to develop their own bomb, as well as you know different weapons of mass destruction, from the basis of the Manhattan Project. Uh, another thing with this time period, too, for the Nazis is the Thule Society, I believe, was the organization that was really pushing for them to come up with ufo technology at the time really yeah because hitler had his idea of making the bell which is what they named it and it was a bell-shaped craft that looked like a ufo disc with like a cockpit on top basically Mm -hmm. but they were really pushing to try and like come up with a way to engineer something like that because they really believed in the fact that they can make like zero gravity machines and stuff. So that just shows how far these ideas that he believed in before he even came to power, like dug themselves into his brain and he implemented all, he had the power to do whatever he wanted. So yeah, it's like the worst scenario. You got this, you know, batshit crazy guy who's in power and he has all these, you know, um, I say resources, I guess, at his disposal. It's like it's kind of unimaginable right. what he could actually do. Yeah, if you have so, if you have any outlandish <clears throat> idea and you have literally an entire country plus to do whatever the hell you want, 
why would you not take that opportunity to just implement all of that crazy esoteric belief that you have? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you, Austin, you just said like he had the power and the resource. Like he was the power. It wasn't just like a power. He was the he was only a, voice. He was a right? god to these people. He mm-hmm. was. He was. And some you know, neo-Nazis today still believe that if Hitler gets the Spear of Destiny back in his hand, which, I mean, he's dead, then he'll actually come back and, like, rule the world. Which is nuts! But anyway, <laughs> getting back to the Spear in our story, uh, some believe that the Spear that was recovered by General Patton was actually a fake, and that the real one was in a U-boat that was eventually delivered to Antarctica, and where it still remains today in an unfound Nazi base. It's in the Hollow Earth. <laughs> the Hollow Earth? The what? The what now? <laughs> That's another belief that the Nazis had. That the Earth is hollow. Okay. They thought you could get into the Earth that is hollow on the inside from Antarctica. And they, they sent like an entire battalion of troops up there to the like go did. set up a base. Yeah. I, I didn't know it was an entire battalion. My, I'm wow, pretty sure they insane. sent like thousands of people up there to like go find this entrance to the hollow earth to like find this entrance and go live there because hitler wanted to rule it so he wanted literally every part yeah. of earth even can the you inside imagine, of this bad can boy. you imagine being the officer in hitler's war room and he says you gotta go to antarctica find the center of the earth and, and go you gotta claim that for us no Just pressure. Like, Find the center of the <laughs> You Here's some shovels, scrub. Go get them. <laughs> it's like the worst orders known to man. But, uh, yeah, can you, you... What do you say? You're not going to say no. Yeah, you can't say <laughs> no to this maniac. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, with the Nazi base idea, the U.S. actually launched, in 1945, they launched Operation High Jump, which was the most massive sea and air operation attempted in Antarctica. It involved 13 ships, including two seaplane tenders and an entire aircraft carrier, and a total of 25 airplanes. Now, the ship-based aircraft returned with 49,000 photographs. That, together with those taken by land-based aircraft, covered 60% of the Antarctic coast. And they said, so this got some hubbub in the papers at the time that there was a secret Nazi base in in Antarctica. But the military said that they were just testing out technological developments such as advances in cold weather clothing, vehicles, and fuel for this kind of weather. Which, sure, but like, what other purpose other than exploring Antarctica would you have for that kind of technology? Why would you you need to test that, those kind of capabilities, if you're not going to you know, try and, and build a you... base or do anything there. Because it's like Europe, it's plenty cold there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's this is like... where they found the Transformers, though. <laughs> that is, it has been a long time since I saw that movie. But yes, that is actually yes. true. But conspiracy theory theorists actually believe that this entire operation was launched to locate and destroy a secret Nazi base. Which, I mean, all reports say that they didn't find anything. They just tested out their equipment. But... Who knows? Conspiracy That's theories. That's what they want you to think. <laughs> wee, 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 wee. How weird would that be? Like a, like a vault or a base was, you know, somewhere, you know, in Antarctica or whatever. And it's like they're still there. Just like all the soldiers frozen in time. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be kind of neat. That would be. Or awesome. they went down the hatch and then went in the middle of the earth. Well, yeah, and they see? got some hot soup know. in the middle of the earth. Yep. Yep. 
with the giants and everything. And the dinosaurs, isn't that? Uh... Yeah, that's the Aquaman theory. Oh, I've never seen Aquaman. No. I don't even know why I know that. Well, okay, I might be spoiler thinking alert, different. I guess. Um, but others believe because there was a U-boat, a German U-boat that was sunken off the coast, the coast of Florida in the 1940s after World War Two. Other conspiracy theorists or spear enthusiasts, we'll call them, believe that the spear was sunk off the coast of Florida, and there it remains today, with the actual hulk of the U-boat, which is still there. That's where the Bermuda Triangle hmm. is, too, so it maybe is. that's the reason why it is what it is. That's why it started acting up. Well. <laughs> Pos- maybe that's where Poseidon got his spear. Okay. It's actually just See, the spear of destiny. We figured it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're connecting You all heard it here dots. first, folks. Connecting all the dots here. <laughs> but now, I mentioned the... So that was the Nazi part of our program today. Now I mentioned... Yay! A, no, not yay. Fuck the Nazis. Ew. <laughs> breeding cemeteries. Like, breeding cemeteries. Gross. How dare you, Nacho? I'm sorry. All right, three. Just leave, just leave that part in. Like, how dare you, Nacho? <laughs> leave that in. That would be funny. And we're back. <clears throat> so now, we're going to talk about what I kind of mentioned before. With... The secret society, and this applies to modern day, even. See, when you said that, I was going to mention the Thule Society, because I thought that's what this was going to be, but since you already mentioned it. Oh, buddy, we're talking about a different society now. I'm excited. So, this story comes directly out of the book I mentioned before by Brad Meltzer, the top 10 greatest conspiracy theories of all time. He actually has a personal story to do with the Spear of Destiny. Ooh. Hmm. So, out of the blue, one day, Brad was contacted by a Chris Blake. And he said, Chris said, that he was aware of a plot that would have severe repercussions if it was eventually carried out. Now, Blake was a personal driver and bodyguard for a wealthy and powerful man in the United States. And this man that he was bodyguarding had the ear of the U.S. president at the time. Like the literal ear, like yes. in a box. <laughs> oh my god, jinx, <laughs> jinx, 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 jinx! You have to take a shot of that uh, McGillicuddy's. It's already gone. Well, there's too late. He actually, that's insane. So for the listeners that obviously can't see, they said jinx, you owe me a coke, and there's an actual twelve pack of coke <laughs> on our table right now. It comes in handy. Finally, see, we are prepared. <laughs> yes. Maybe not in the right ways, but... No. (laughs) So, this powerful man had the ear of the U.S. president at the time. And one night, Chris Blake had a conversation with a different high-ranking government official. And after a bunch of drinks, the conversation led to the Spear of Destiny. Now, this official, who I mentioned had quite a few drinks, leaned into Chris Blake and said... What would you say if I told you that your boss is the man who stole the Spear of Destiny from Adolf Hitler? I tell you, you're fucking (laughs) crazy, dude. It's like, oh shit, I have to drive this guy home. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's the first time I swore on the podcast. Oh my god. That's why I put the explicit tag on there. You never know. (laughs) I'm sorry. Said I'm sorry, mama. I've said it twice, so. I'm sorry, mama. At least. 
So according to the special, Blake's boss was a member of a secret group known as Benai Ha Nephilim, which translates to Sons of the Fallen. In other words, disciples of Lucifer. And they believe that God of, that the God of the Bible is bad and that Lucifer is good. Now according to this group, or to this legend I should say, this secret group believes that when the temple in, Jeru- in Jerusalem is rebuilt, they will send their hand-picked man into the temple of Jerusalem, their holy of holies, so essentially their version of the Antichrist, with the spear of destiny in hand, and with the spear of destiny in hand, he'll shed his own blood and proclaim himself the Messiah. After doing this ritual, this will allow the group, the Sons of the Fallen, to rule the world and establish dominance over all of mankind. Okay. <laughs> you totally buy that, right? Oh, yeah. That's, you know, there's no plagiarism or anything going on here. And according to the story, they are willing to kill and die for this cause. All right. Hmm. It's a little scary. All right. Now, obviously, all of this, obviously, all of this is conspiracy. I mean, it's bonkers. It's crazy. I mean, not going to con- just support like, oh, yeah, there's just the secret group, even though Illuminati. But just even the thought that modern day officials still believe in this kind of hubbub, blue. Hubbub. <laughs> you can you can find like three different words. I was there. trying to go with hubbub. Um, or hullabaloo. 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 Yeah. And I came to hubbubaboo. <laughs> hubbubaboo bubble tape. It's a part of Patreon so that we can make <laughs> so we can make t-shirts of that. <laughs> so anyway, just crazy thing like modern day politicians, people in power may actually believe in relics still. In this kind of belief that one item can give you dominance over man and power over your fellow human being through just wielding a spear. I that mean, we may may not know exists or does exist. We don't that know. there are currently three different ones. <laughs> like, which one do we do? <laughs> if that doesn't tell you that this is probably not real, I don't know what else to tell you. Yeah, of course. I mean, of course, this is all just poop but hey hey maybe there is some spear of destiny somewhere but it's the one with beer bartholomew it's just like <laughs> it's just in a burnt pile somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> they actually tied him to it like the stake that they used was actually the spear of destiny right i mean going back to that guy and just kind of the entire theme that i noticed with all of my research about this spear this relic People back in the day just put way too much belief in these kind of relics. Like if you think about the time of Martin Luther, one of his big reasons why he separated from the Catholic Church from Catholicism was because of relics like these, how the Catholic Church was charging an intense amount of money in both indulgences as well as just to see and touch these relics. So I mean it's just kind of crazy, like throughout history, politics, people's lives have been affected by other people's beliefs, their leaders. Again, 45 leaders have been connected to this spear and have maybe even died for this belief that this spear can actually grant the wielder of it the ability to craft the destiny of mankind. Well, you think about how how important physical items were, like even back to the Egyptians and stuff like that, because when you think about it, they're advancing 
and all of this a lot of this stuff is so new to everybody so if you come up with something that's super innovative for that time any sort of like crafted metal and stuff like that that was all brand new technology for people so that's why when you go into these tombs of the pharaohs and stuff they're buried with all of their goods and stuff so they can take it to the afterlife with them because that's how important a lot of this stuff was to a lot of these ancient civilizations and even into medieval times 100 percent. i mean if you think about periods of time in history there's a period of time literally called the bronze age Mm -hmm. like the copper age so i mean to your point that's entirely entirely justified exactly because i mean using bone tools for the longest time and after that you finally get metal you it's a whole new way of thinking that you can right. do all of this new stuff. So I wonder if the guy that discovered metal like just had a monopoly on that, Im- like immediately. Oh, right. Yeah. So you suck actually using bones. Check out my spear. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and to your point, where it's like everyone believes the spear, you know, it gives you that power. In a way, it almost did. Yeah. For their belief, yeah. if you think, because so many people, like you said before, you, they buy into it. Well, they bought into it, and then ultimately it kind of proved not proved but it resulted in a lot of people's faith yeah it becomes I mean, obje- millions of people it becomes objective truth when you think about it in hitler's perspective i mean he got it became the ruler of germany and went to war and almost won mm-hmm. basically yeah. on his own against multiple different countries so right. just that fact alone gives a lot of credence to the the theory that the spear was the reason why he and his army did so well and Right. I mean, if he would have won, can you imagine how much that would have changed belief across the world in things like this? Go so, to that one show you showed. Uh, I think you showed. You told me about it. It was a man in the high castle. I've wanted to watch that so bad. Is it? Is it good? I've never seen it. I don't think I recommended it. Oh, to really? You. No. Oh, I must have heard it from someone else. But it's where it's pretty much where Hitler, if he would have won the war, and it goes out and kind of not illustrates, but it demonstrates. I guess you could say what life would have been like yeah so it's kind of like the video games wolfenstein as well it's mm, the same same premise right. where nazis actually won world war ii they did yeah. they developed the atom bomb first right which is such a scary 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 and they scary, could scary, have. scary thought i mean they were we, close. They we, took a, we took a bunch of german scientists after the war ended so they had a lot of good information that we ended up using with project or operation paperclip and all that so mm-hmm. it's not like they were idiots running around out there they had a lot of smart people that were working on a lot of big things so if we wouldn't have stopped them when we did who knows what would have happened if it would have gone on for another year yeah i mean Mm -hmm. they were like you mentioned we took their scientists like they were essentially geniuses motivated by just the most evil just motivated by evil. I well, mean, some right? of them were just forced into it too. You're not mm-hmm. going to say no or, if yeah, they were. Sorry, recruit- no, I shouldn't have said motivated. Not all. Well, some of them were obviously oh, because yeah. it's the Nazi party, but a lot of them were just forced into doing it. And if the SS officers come to your house and say you got to work on this project now, you're not going to say no. You can't really go against that. Right. It's kind of like what in our Czar Bomba episode where the scientists were like. Yeah, we can't have a bomb twice this big. Yeah, exactly. And it's the same thing in Russia. When Stalin was in power, you're not going to say no to the Soviet Russian military guards. You 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 can't question it. Yeah, it's it's either you accept it or you get put in a gulag or die. (laughs) Die, yeah. Which could be one and the same (laughs) for the most of these people. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. 
But anyway, that is the story of the Spear of Destiny. There are, again, like I mentioned, there are currently three different supposed Spears of Destiny. The Holy Lance, or Spear of Longinus, depending on which name you prefer. I was initially going to ask you guys which name you wanted me to call it throughout this episode. Really glad I didn't, because my notes literally just said Spear of Destiny, and that's the one I was rolling with, regardless. It's the easiest one to say. I would not have... I tried to say Longinus like three times and got it wrong almost every time. I could also just be pronouncing it wrong this entire time. I'm going to take your word for it. If I'm wrong, Spirit Dustin is. If I am wrong, correct me <clears throat> at Gems of History on Twitter and uh, Instagram. But anyway, that's my topic for today. Um, I hope it sustained my sprinkles of sprinklers of teasers. Yeah. Uh, with it being kind of wacky. I mean, we talked about a man being burnt at the stake for this bad boy, you know, breeding cemeteries, a little sprinkle of uh, some. I mean, we got into a societies. lot of like conspiracy thoughts and stuff like that. So you're taking after me now. I'm we're, infecting your mind. We're hanging out way too much. If I start growing a mullet, then you know that yeah, we're gonna be you know. hanging true, out way true, too true, much. True. But like, no, that's that, your thing. That's that was your that was a super fun one. I'm glad you did. I'm glad I knew some stuff that I could contribute for this one too. That was a, that was a really fun one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I really want to just dive into. I don't even know if I should say this, but I kind of just want to dive into the Crusades just more in depth because it was just a wild time and they're all under the premise of we're doing this to take back the Holy Land. However, so many of the people that actually went there, the rulers that went there, broke off almost at the first chance that they could have their own land in the Middle East. Wow. So that'd be kind of cool to just dive into yeah. and... Maybe take when you got first bit. crusades, I mean, how many crusades were there? There were I mean, seven. Yeah, seven. Wow. And that's not include there. No, so there were seven ordained by the Pope. The <laughs> children's crusades that I mentioned, they didn't get the Pope's blessing, mm. so they're not technically considered crusades. But there were seven. Wow. And it started in 1098, and I believe went until like the 1300s. Wow, it's a long time for crusades. That's like a bloodbath. Um, <laughs> Yeah. For, like, yeah. For, for what? You know, but I'm saying it's just yeah. war. People it's have just... waged war for less. So, I mean, yeah. Honestly, that right. should be a, one of our next group episodes. Like, the dumbest wars that the were ever waged. That is, yeah. It's crazy. Hmm. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on the show. Oh, yeah. I'm glad you podcast. can make it. I hope you had a good time because. Yeah, it was really interesting. It's neat talking about that. Like I was, I was gonna say before, it's like everyone knows the horrors of World War Two and the Nazi Party, and like how evil they were. When you really dive down, I mean, that's pretty deep. And I'm sure there's plenty of other like crazy stuff that they, you know, believed and whatnot. But it really shows you how just out of out of mind crazy they were. Yeah, like that's scary. And because hopefully you never repeat that. Cause yeah. Because uh, I listened to last podcast on the left, and they have done a bunch of uh, World War II Nazi topics, and they I think they described it perfectly when they said that the Nazi party was run by a bunch of white people nerds. They were nerds about white people. That's That was their biggest concern in life, was making sure that white everyone was educated that the white race is the best, and... I don't see any other way to describe them other than nerds about it because they did all of this 
stupid research for the most part that didn't amount to anything useful besides them getting all these racist and I I don't even yeah just racist ideas mm-hmm. so that's yeah, amazing if they would have like because like you guys said before they were just really smart people like I mean not their ideologies but like the scientists they had working for them mm-hmm. yeah they but, created yeah, no, some okay. amazing things oh yeah and I'm like if they would have put that to Jeez, halfway decent ideas for, you know, the benefit of human, you know, humankind. Be pretty far ahead, I think. If they didn't spread themselves so thin during World War II, fighting on multiple fronts and everything that they did, it's scary to think what they could have accomplished if they just focused in one area. I mean, they were a machine. I mean, the way that they took Poland in the matter of, if not, we, it might have been days, right? I think so. Pretty much, yeah. Either way, it's a whole country. Yeah, it's an entire... And, like, Poland is a decent-sized country. I mean, I don't have, like, a comparison to give you. They almost took Russia. Yeah, they got dang far into Russia. That's crazy. They were only stopped by the fact that it snows a lot in Russia. They pulled into Poland. If they would have waited until it thawed and went during the warmer months... Even if they made it through the time that it thawed. Yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. they just held out, but they couldn't. Oh, Which, thank God. It's like, scary to think what could have happened. Second right? swear on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, Mom. But no, that was, that was a really fun one. I'm, I'm glad you did that one. Next time, I'll just be like the most strategic like battle point of all time. We're just going to revert You'll back to Pickett's flip yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll just flip-flop back and forth. The next time will just be the... <gasps> Actually, I have my topic in mind now. Never mind. There you go. Well, yeah, thank you again, Austin, for joining us. It was great to have you on. It's yeah, always, appreciate it. always fun to have some other people get this experience with us. So, yeah. Evan, you want to plug all our socials real quick? Again. Oh, which socials? Oh, you mean our social <laughs> presence on... <laughs> the things that you run. <laughs> at Gems of History Podcast, both on Twitter and Instagram. We're, in my opinion, sharing some funny stuff. Yes, I agree. So, so definitely... Give us a follow, you know, interact with us. I mean, yeah, tell your you- friends. Also, we are unavailable. We are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, literally anywhere that you listen to podcasts. Like, subscribe, leave some reviews, only if they're good ones. Rate please. and review us, yes. <laughs> that helps us a lot. So if you do like what you hear, please do think about rating and reviewing if you are on Apple Podcasts, because it does help bump us up into the recommended stuff, so does help us a lot and yeah reach out to us on our socials if you want to get in touch or email us at gems of history podcast at gmail.com if you want to reach out to us there for a more private reach out send us your personal history stories suggestions anything like that anything you guys want to say if you like the show and want to say it let us know your spooky stories i know yes. Jacob, you mentioned that i've been in a episodes. real big spooky mood lately so if it's you guys got October. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I I was like trying to find the first Friday the thirteenth so I could like shoehorn spooky into this show, but it's not until like August, so it doesn't even Yikes. matter. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the one week where we actually release two episodes. Yeah. <laughs> Give me an excuse to talk about spooky stuff. So yeah. Yep, you won't, listeners. But as always, thank you guys for listening and thank you again to Austin for joining us. But until next time, that is all we have for you for now. So we'll see you next time. Peace.